Are you sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad telling you that you don't need to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel original, Wolverine the Long Night. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up and use our offer code, CAPED, at checkout and get your first month for free. That's CAPED, C-A-P-E-D, for your first month free. Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that can't believe Liam Neeson doesn't have the Oscar for the Dark Man. Seriously? He changes his face. He changes his face, the Liam Neeson's. Liam Neeson's is my shit. <laughs> you see when he fought those wolves? Yo, he murdered those wolves. He murdered those wolves. Liam Neeson's. Do you know who I like better than Liam Neeson's, though? Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. <laughs> We are talking about 1990s Darkman, directed by the Sam Raimi. The Sam Raimi. Written by multiple pairs of brothers. So many brothers. The Raimi brothers, the Golden brothers, even the uh, the Coen's Coen had a, brothers. a hand in there. They got in there, too. Just so many brothers. This is the true band of brothers. I don't care what Tom Hanks was talking about. This is the movie of brotherly love. You ever seen this thing before? No. No, I've never seen this thing before. I've heard of it. I've heard of it, too. It's been on my list of... I want to watch this for yeah. a long time since we put it on the Ebert list. And then, and Roger was like, let me take one from the list of stuff you want to see. He said, happy birthday to me, Dark Man. You couldn't understand it nearly as well because the jaw was missing. Right. It was kind of like the Britney Spears episode of South Park when it's just like a tongue flapping <laughs> around. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Man. Uh, oh, I thought, you remember, I thought you were making Roger Ebert jokes. That was Roger Ebert, the translator. <laughs> It's kind of like a a Keegan Michael King. I was saying he's got a, like an anger translator, but yeah, an yeah. Ebert translator. Gotcha. I was imagining he said, the wrong he job. said he wants you to watch Dark Man this week with the Liam Neesons. Ah, uh, and that we did, and we did. What'd you think? I'm I'm teetering on the edge of really liking it. Okay, but, but right now it's because just it it exists for me. It's a film. It's I saw film? it. I took it in. I didn't hate it, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. What did you think? Kind of the same boat. Okay. Where I think I really liked it. Yeah. But I think I need like some reinforcement to figure out where I am with it. Yeah. That makes total sense. But I don't want to put too much thought into this thing because it's, a, I mean, it is a fun movie. It is definitely fun. But I, I mean, is it a good movie? I don't know yet. I'm kind of curious to see where yeah. we end up on the other side of this thing. Yeah. Do you want to just get into it then? I think we should just get into it. Let's do it. Eddie Black and his henchmen await the arrival of rival gangster Robert Durant. Played by L.A. Law's own Larry Drake. He's a very cool actor. He's an interesting looking dude. Yeah, he is. And a brilliant choice? I think he's the perfect choice for he this. He is so menacing looking. But he doesn't sound menacing looking. I always like whenever right. villains are like that, where they look like they can just destroy you, but then they sound totally normal. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? What, what is happening what? here? <laughs> Who is this guy? He looks like he could also just be like a totally friendly guy if you caught him in a different role. Pretty much. But he has this intensity to him that's like, whoa. I like him. He's great. He's he's excellent. Durant has been encroaching on Black's territory, so he wants to exchange words with Durant. Durant and his crew arrive, and their weapons are confiscated. 
and they're allowed to enter the warehouse. I like how it's like the ultimate pat down of <laughs> they start patting them down, and then it's just guns all over oh, them, yeah, like just... weapons all over the ground. Brass and one of the knuckles. guys came out with like nunchucks. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, what, what is this? What kind of fight are you going? I for? love there's just an assortment of random weapons. Eddie Black demands that Durant move out of his territory, but Durant's goon Skip has a fake leg that's actually an Uzi. Beautiful. What a way to start this thing. So good. And you start seeing like the Raimi-isms so quickly in this. So quick. Because me and Brian watched this one together, and Raimi likes doing a full camera zoom into characters. <laughs> sure not a, does. Not an in-camera zoom, but like move that camera. Yeah. And they kept doing it onto Durant. They just kept going. And Every I turned time. to Brian and said, they're going to do it again. And sure enough, they fired in there again. I was like, what the hell, Raimi? Classic Raimi. Choices. Yeah, for sure. So Black's men are quickly killed, and Durant gives Black his terms, cutting off a finger for each with his cigar cutter. I love the way that they do that, because Durant goes over to him, and he says, term number one, whatever it is, snip. Term number two, whatever it is, snip. Term number three, I got seven more terms. <laughs> and <his laughs> and the look on his face just... like, oh no! <laughs> That's all my fingers! <laughs> In a science lab, Dr. Peyton Westlake, played by... Liam Neeson's, he has a very particular set of artificial skin cells. He's an artificial skin doctor. Or scientist or something. Something. He's He's got a real neat doodad that makes digital skin or something. Yeah, he's got a real neat accent that is called American? Yeah. <laughs> we can go with that. I guess so. It, it definitely is not his normal. No. And it is noticeable now. For sure it's noticeable. All of his attempts so far to create the fake skin have failed. None of his samples last past 99 minutes. I like how they set that up early. Very early. Almost like, do I have to care about that or no? I guess we'll see. Who knows? Stick around. Peyton's girlfriend, Julie Hastings, two-time Best Female Academy Award winner, Frances McDormand. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's a, a big get. Huge. She comes to the apartment later, and the two of them have a romantic evening together. They got good chemistry. They do. I like I, it. I, I feel it. Yeah. It feels, they're both decent actors. Yeah, that's so. what I've heard. <laughs> they have those things called careers. Right. That's a, usually right. what you're looking for. Liam Neeson's career is fascinating. It's wild. <laughs> to go from, from this to some of the other things he's done and to still have like, sometimes he has some real stinkers, but they're still just fun. He is four years away from making a list Oscar Schindler style. <laughs> like, think about that. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then he's five years away from that point from being Qui-Gon Jinn. Right. Star Wars style. Right. What I, is happening Ra's here? al Ghul, Batman style. What the hell? <laughs> Taken Man, Taken style. I don't remember his name. Uh, Brian Marshall? Yeah, there's never I don't been think, a cool person I don't, named Brian. That can't be right. I don't know if that's his last name. It's definitely his first name, and it's spelled correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was on the IMDb Fair today. <laughs> the next morning... Julie notices in her files from work a memo that's connected to shady dealings of her boss, Louis Strack. Not a Stark. Not Stark. It's so complicated. <laughs> There's a C in there. Yep. They really snuck it in there. You, you, whenever <laughs> I look at anything that's even close, I'm like, Stark. Stark. Got it. Yep. Got it. Strack Industries. It just sounds weird. It sounds off. I don't like it. It sounds like it's close, but not quite there. Yeah. Close, but no cigar, Snip. Oh, I see what you did there. Peyton has a particular set of romantic gestures. <laughs> One of which is bringing Julie coffee in bed, but he stains the memo with a coffee ring. Come I on, have, man. I have a very specific set of romantic gestures. <laughs> I'll make you the French vanilla in the French press, and I'll serve it to you at a perfect 212 degrees after four minutes of steeping. 
I love you. Wow. That was intense and romantic. Liam Neeson's. <laughs> as Julie leaves for work, Peyton tells her to stay and proposes to her as she's getting into a cab. <laughs> you know, the way all women That's want to be exactly proposed it. to. The ultimate proposal is, I'm running late for work. Yeah, do you want to marry me? Oh, okay. Wait a second. <laughs> Let me go chase you down on the street. Hey, maybe we should get married. That's how you're going to do it right now? Let me think about it. <laughs> about those romantic set of skills. Whoops. I've forgotten about them. <laughs> They're strictly limited to coffee. At work, Strack admits to Julie about paying off local gangsters in order to build his skyscrapers or whatever. He tells Julie that it's no big deal, but she should probably be careful because they'll probably be looking for that memo. Yeah, there's uh, paperwork. And Who would have thought? Seems like a good guy, you know? It seems like a nice enough guy. He's uh, ambitious. He's willing to break a couple rules to, to get what he wants and to make the community better, I guess. I guess. So, surely nothing can go wrong with him. Nope. Surely. Peyton returns to his scientific work and... As the timer closes in on 99 minutes, the lights go out in the lab. Super convenient. Yep. Peyton's lab assistant, Yakatito, reports that the skin cells are stable past 100 minutes. It's amazing. So Peyton deduces the key to the experiment has something to do with light. Right. So apparently- We did it. In the dark, these cells thrive. Man. Exactly. <laughs> or at least they don't break down. Right. They don't- They don't- under 100 minutes. We don't, I mean, Decomposed It's not after... really said. It's it's one of those gaps that, like, they filled it in enough. Yeah. You still exactly. gotta make a small jump to get over that, that canyon, but it's filled in enough. Right. Suddenly, Durant appears in the office slash... Is this another situation where it's his apartment and his office? I'm unsure. He's doing science work in his... Where You're suggesting this is like a Reed Richards, Eddie Valiant... Type yeah, where <laughs> yeah, for sure. You work where you sleep type yeah. thing. He's got a file cabinet, Murphy bed. Yeah. Exactly. The coolest Murphy bed of all time. Durant and his goons appear, and they start beating up Peyton. He demands the memo Julie had found that would implicate her boss, but she left it at the apartment. But Peyton really has no idea anything about it because no he, was, he was worried about coffee. He was focused on his particular set of romantic gestures. Strictly coffee-based. He wasn't really listening nope. to what she was saying Not about the memo. He was busy planning his elaborate proposal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, all right, when she gets in the cab... Get down on both knees. <laughs> Is it one knee or both knees? I don't know. I don't know how this works. How do they do it here? I'm not quite sure. Oh, wrong accent. <laughs> Abort. Durant has Yakatito cruelly shot, and his goons beat the doctor more, dunking him in a vat of boiling fluid that burns his face, and he also burns his hands on the vat's electrodes. So he's got, like, no skin left. Nope, and Sam Raimi is directing the hell out of all this. Oh, man, it's so Raimi. I love Raimi, how he <laughs> likes to use, like, that really close, almost steady cam shot on the characters, so you're following them yeah. along with it. Yeah. But he is so good at using close-ups. Extreme close-ups. Extreme close-ups, close yeah. He is so good at it. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah. It's funny, because watching this, I understand Sam Raimi at this point has done Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. He has right. not done Army of Darkness yet, I don't think, at this point. No. I want to say that's 92. He is 12 years away from doing a Spider-Man. Correct. And I wanted to see, like, what's the DNA in yeah. here that translates? Where's the magic sauce? He's a huge superhero fan. He wanted to do, like, a Batman or Phantom, or Phantom. type yeah. thing. And obviously, this is only one year after Batman came out. <laughs> what, where's the DNA that made Marvel go, that's our guy? <laughs> I think we'll get there. Okay. Durant's crew end up finding the memo, and they leave Peyton for dead. And by leaving him for dead, I mean they set up one of those drinking bird desk toys. Yep. It just bobs around. To uh, ignite a lighter that's next to a tank of flammable gas, and then they leave. And it goes kablooey. 
The whole place blows up and Peyton goes flying out the roof. <laughs> and he lands in just a river, the river, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of river. Oh, just as Julie is arriving home, too. It's just like you of could course. see the gangster's cars pulling away as she's getting out of the cab. She wanted to go to the spot where he proposed, naturally, because right. it's not it. Same she cab. just got home. That was it. And she's on the street. Yeah. And then it blew up. It did. And then we get like this really awkward dissolve into her at the funeral. Oh, God. It's one of the <laughs> worst things I've ever seen. Of It's very Raimi. But she's oh, yeah. standing there yeah. just like, dressed for work, and then it dissolves into her wearing black and at the cemetery. Disney original series, That's So Raimi. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a quick funeral. They don't have to do much work because all they found was his hand. And, an ear. It was oh, an, an ear. ear. Right. All they found was his ear, and apparently that takes- Way less time to bury at the same. I think it's still the same you. hole. I know, right? I, <laughs> I think like... it matters. It didn't take like, me too long. You walk around a cemetery of like you see the fresh dirt, and you're like, oh man, that's that's only an arm. That's all I can find from that horrible explosion. You think they got like a little a little casket that's like the size of an iPhone? Just put his ear in it. Durant probably like brought over like a cigar box. <laughs> oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> that was it. Well, that's where he keeps his fingers. You're right. That's his <laughs> finger collection. That's real. Peyton is found by a medical team that takes him to a neurological clinic. <laughs> they assume he's just a homeless guy, and they perform surgery oh, on him this. to sever the nerves that transmit pain impulses to relieve him of his pain. An experimental surgery. Well, yeah, he's homeless. And Why now not? he's all spinny. They also oh, have yeah. him like on a spinning what is table. With this place? <laughs> so he's like upside down. It's like a carnival ride. Every patient in there is on one of these spinny things. What the hell? I'm like, what is happening? I don't know. Neuroscience, man. You got to be like in a hamster ball. I guess so. <laughs> uh, the procedure has a particular set of side effects, though. <laughs> Peyton's... Will I, will I be able to taste coffee? <laughs> no? Oh, I don't know about his sense of taste. They didn't really know. address that one. They did not. Peyton's emotions, particularly anger and rage, become amplified, and he becomes physically stronger. One might say there you super. Go. Uh, some would say. A set of side effects that make him a nightmare for people like Durant. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's very true. Peyton escapes from the institution and begins to live on the streets. He finds like a raincoat in the trash. He puts that on. And, and he sleeps in the deepest puddles of all time. The well, yeah. The city has the worst water drainage it's like, ever how existed. How do you find the one street where it's just totally flooded and be like, yeah, this cardboard box over me. All the work. streets are totally flooded. And then the wind blows the box away and he just lays there watching the water go down <laughs> a drain. Like, this is my life now. He's a smart guy. Yeah. He's a scientist. He doesn't need to sleep in the streets in a giant puddle. I feel we like learn there are better literally options. in a minute that it's all still up there. He's still got it all. Right. He's still a genius man. He does find Julie as she's leaving her apartment and he tries to talk to her, but you know, he's got a burnt face and he's wrapped up in dirty bandages and she's like, Who's this creepy dude? Great reaction. Yeah. Makes and, sense. And he's like, Oh, now I'm really bummed. <laughs> so he returns to his destroyed lab and salvages a particular set of equipment. Very, very Doc Ock. Oh, big time. And then he uh, he sets himself up in an abandoned factory. Very, very Doc Ock. Also, I'll just repeat it again. Also very Frankenstein. Very Frankenstein. I know a lot of what Sam Raimi was going for was Universal Monsters. Big time. And boy, does he hit it. Oh, yeah. He continues his work on the artificial skin while he plots his revenge against Durant and his thugs. He uses his computer system and an old burned photo of his face to make a mask of Liam Neeson. But the process is going to take a lot of time. 571 hours to do this. Is that like 23 days? It's 571 hours to more or less copy and paste the right side of his face to a small portion of the left side of his face. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is 3D rendering in the 90s. I believe it. 
this is five years before Toy Story. Yeah. They should be able to do this no problem. I mean, it's a human face. It's not Woody. Have you seen Woody? In the first one? Uncanny Valley. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's going to take several weeks to replicate the missing photo data. So he goes out and shadows Durant's goon, Rick, who happens to be played by Ted Raimi. Of course. Because you got to get the brothers in there. Of course. This is the movie of brotherly love. It absolutely is. He kidnaps him and takes him down into the sewers, coercing him into revealing Durant's name. So now he's got a name. Then he throws him up through <laughs> a manhole cover onto the street where he sits there and screams as cars pass him by. I could for... just like imagine Liam Neeson's underneath him just holding his legs. Oh, yeah. While, and Ted Raimi can't move. And oh, you see all these cars driving just by. whizzing by. And then all of a sudden, and splat. Then, yeah, the semi-truck gets him and just. That's it. That's the death his brother got. Do you give your brother the best death, or do you give your brother the worst death? It's a really tricky like question. Hmm. I would imagine you would want to give him the best death. I think so. Thinking about all the ones in this movie, I think that was probably the best one. I think that's the way to go. I like this one because it's it's the most fun like to film, tortury, but not. It's but kind not. of it's it's demented. Exactly. It's like yeah. So I wonder if oh, like what's going on in this yeah. guy's head. Yeah. Oh, he's broken. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But you know, he's real good at fake skin. He's real bad at everything else. He has rage issues now because of the nerves that got severed. Yep. He's got no feelings anymore. No feelings. Well, no, he's got feelings. He doesn't have the, the feeling. Right. That's he's got no feeling. That, that S is really important. No feeling means more feelings. Uh, that's got to be true. That's very emo it's, when you think about it. It's like Daredevil. Nope. You take out the sight <laughs> and. All of his other senses Are you suggesting that feelings is a sense? Yeah, your sense of feelings. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, no, you're right. I mean, it makes just as much sense as Daredevil. I suppose you're right. The acid. (laughs) That's what did it. It's always the acid. I bet Liam Neeson's was kicking himself that he didn't open his eyes when he got dunked in the vat of whatever. Yeah. He's like, ah! Damn it. I could have been indestructible and just gone with sonar. (laughs) Could have just been clicking, walking down the streets of wherever we are. Imagine that. Going, <laughs> Got him. I see everything. <laughs> I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> Sight is not one of them. I have a very particular set of senses. Four of them. <laughs> it's three of them, technically, at that point. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't have feeling either. <laughs> oh, man. He's pretty much like a, 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 a male Helen Keller at that point with different missing Mi- senses. Yeah, yeah. He can still hear. Yeah, he does really good with the hearing. And see. Yes. Still don't know about taste. We have no clue. No idea about taste. You're right. So maybe he's doing worse than Helen Keller. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't see Peyton Westlake, Dr. Man here, winning any prizes or anything like that. I mean, it depends on if he figures out that light issue with the fake skin. That's true. Helen Keller's won a lot of stuff. She did. Phenomenal she human sure being. Did. Peyton Westlake? No. Nope. He was right up until nope. he started killing people. <laughs> Could you imagine a movie about <laughs> Helen Keller getting powers because Helen of her Keller power. vigilante? <laughs> Did I say that right? I feel like the words got jumbled. I got too excited. You see, like the title, "The Miracle Worker," but then it crosses out the worker and it goes, "Killer." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she's evil, though. Her name is just called "The Miracle." I love it. The Miracle. That's it. Coming soon. <laughs> Can you imagine the voiceover in it? I have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even that's office space. I was I was not sure where you were gonna go with that. I thought you were meant like for the I thought you just meant the VO for the trailer, but no, you went full It would have to be either that or it'd have to be like a Muppets 4D from Disney. Oh of yeah. Just like pushing 
letters into your leg or something like that so you can spell it out. I don't know how it would work. Oh, vigilante justice. This is a spitball in here. Spitball on a new franchise that we didn't know we needed. <laughs> well, we definitely do now. We absolutely need this. This is this is the parody that the superhero world has been waiting for. You're welcome, world. It took us 85 episodes, 84 episodes to get there. Yep. We got there. But now we're going to write it. <laughs> the miracle. <laughs> she never saw it coming or heard it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is like the wind. Feel the justice. Taste the justice. The end. That's it. That's all she's (laughs) got. That's all she's doing with justice. Don't you know? Smell the justice. Justice is blind and deaf, but not dumb. This isn't the Who's Tommy. (laughs) Can you imagine that scene in in the miracle of Helen Keller just solved a murder and she's back at her apartment? With a pinball machine, <laughs> slapping that thing around. <laughs> How does she do it? I don't, I don't know. know. What makes her so good? <laughs> and weirdly enough, she's a collection of Elton John albums. Oh, naturally. Uh, we don't know why. It's like The Rock and his Beatles obsession. Right. He's a collector. There you go. We've really fleshed out we've, the character. We really have. <laughs> go us. So Peyton. This isn't Story Break. It's a great podcast. Oh, it's this excellent. It's not that. That's, yeah. I nope. don't want you guys to confuse it. At all. I feel like they put a little bit more thought into it. A lot of bit more thought. They're great. <laughs> so Peyton uses his technology to reproduce the faces of Durant's thugs. He imitates a man named Pauly by drugging him in his sleep and taking his place at a money drop, stealing the cash. Pauly looks like a mixture of whoever the brother-in-law is in Breaking Bad. Hank. And Michael Chiklis. Uh, yeah. If they boned and then someone put a temple tattoo on one of them, got it. Yeah. Or if you, like, cloned Vin Diesel and force-fed him. Until he blew up. (laughs) (laughs) And then put a little dagger tattoo on his temple. Right. Nailed it. When Durant finds Polly in his apartment, he finds that Polly has two tickets for Rio. They were planted by Liam Neeson. All right. Liam Neeson's, he faked faked faced. He did it. He He did it. He left a ticket for Rick and he left a ticket for Polly. So it looks like they're about to skip town with the money. Right. Looks real shady. I also like how Liam Neeson has the watch in his pocket that he always looks at. Oh, yeah. That's timing to like 99 minutes. I feel like he's got to get out of there. Suspicious if you're hanging out with a person who's always looking at a stopwatch. Ah, it could be a a coach, track coach. Yeah. These guys know him. They don't know what he does in his off time. Yeah. Maybe he's a track coach. Maybe. Yeah. You guys curious why Polly started. Carrying around that <laughs> stopwatch all the time? Yeah, he's trying to get 10,000 steps. That's not how it works. <laughs> not in 1990. <laughs> not with a stopwatch. <laughs> Durant throws him out a window. So now Polly is dead. Yeah, he lands on a car and only one lady on the street is yelling about yes, it. Yes, one lady. one lady. One lady is very upset about this guy who just fell from a window. But she's also pretty upset because the same guy is sitting on a bus stop bench right next to her yep pretty wild right (laughs) so yeah she starts screaming a lot and peyton's like oh i should probably get out of here and as he's running away his face starts to melt yep every attempt by peyton to perfect his skin formula fails but his computer has finally completed the reconstruction of his own face so he gets to use his liam neeson mask and go meet with uh (laughs) with julie i have a quick question for you yeah so i want you to imagine for a hot second you die uh-huh. They only buried your, your ear. Right. I go to your grave. Yeah. To to mourn you, I guess. Yeah, or, it checks out. Or if I needed a bathroom or something like that on a, on a wow. gingerly walk. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. I'm not going to pee on strangers' graves. That's true. All right. That's rude. I accept, I guess. <laughs> I don't... 
I don't like it. But. Would you say this is the ideal time for you to reappear? No, I feel like this is probably the worst case scenario. Okay. But this is also a guy who proposes outside a cab window. That's true. So. <laughs> Very in character, then. Of he's, uh, really bad timing. He's got a particular set of not knowing when the right time and place to do things is. Right. Fair enough. Because, <laughs> yeah, he reappears at the cemetery. At his own grave. He's like, hey, Julie, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like freaked out, but then she quickly is like, oh, I guess I guess this is fine. I guess this is and fine. they start to date again. Peyton lies, tells her that he's been in a specialized institution in a coma, and that's why he hasn't come to find her yet. Right. He looks great for the severe injuries he probably got from being, you know, blown up. Right. He looks really good for being a Liam Neeson in prosthetics in a Liam Neeson mask. Yeah. That's three levels of face. That's wild. <laughs> three degrees of Liam Neeson's right there. Kevin Damn. Bacon, your move. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Bacon. It's on blast now. Better pump up those bacon numbers. That's not, that needs to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the bacon numbers? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is that? That's what it's called. Your bacon, your bacon number is your degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. All right. Mine's two. Mine's one. I know. That's why mine's there two. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Latch onto that. <laughs> Peyton takes Julie to a carnival where he's cheated out of a prize by a carny because that's what carnies do. But he gets real mad. So we've seen a lot of movies here. We have. There's been a lot of memorable moments, a lot of memorable scenes. Yeah, absolutely. This might be the best scene we've ever come across. Oh, man. You know how earlier I made that joke about the Disney original series, That's So Raimi? Oh, yeah. This is pulled right from That's So Raimi. <laughs> this is the most <laughs> Raimi that there's ever been. Because <laughs> Liam Neeson wants this pink elephant. Yes. As you do at a carnival. And I mean, he gets cheated out of it. The guy's like, bud, scram. And then Julie is like, let's just get out of here. And he goes, you're stressing me out, Julie. <laughs> so he turns back. He's like, you're going to get the pink elephant. You're going to get the pink elephant. It's insane. It's absolutely It is bonkers. shot full-blown Evil Dead with the Dutch dangle and everything, yep. the quick zooms. You have the harsh shadows going on in the face in the daytime. And just the it wild expression. Masterful. And yeah, it's, it's so good. And then he 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 breaks the carney's fingers. Yep. He, oh, we see it. He bends we, them backwards. Yeah. He twists them. And uh, uh, that's not off camera at all. That is on camera. Nope. That all it. happens. So good. So good. Brian, I think I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the Liam Neeson mask starts to melt. So he runs away from Julie to his janky lab, but she follows him and she discovers his work. Peyton refuses to come out of his hiding place because you know he's deformed and a monster and. She's like, no, it's fine. Let me see you. And he's like, no, go away. Go away. And then she goes away. <laughs> She's like, fine, all right. Somebody's a cranky pants. <laughs> You're stressing me out, Julie. Go away. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't make that connection. That's so good. Peyton finally turns his attention to Durant. After studying the gangster's voice until he can imitate it perfectly, he slaps on Durant's face and holds up a convenience store, making sure to identify himself, middle initial and all, <laughs> on the security camera. It's so, so good. It's, he looks into the camera and it says, My his name is Robert G. Name. Durant. <laughs> <laughs> so the police go and arrest Durant. And while he's incarcerated, Peyton goes with his thugs to a meetup with the Chinese gangster Hung Fat. Yep. Hung Fat owes Durant a lot of money, but he's refusing to pay him until Peyton holds a match to his arm and burns himself severely. Yeah, he does. And that really scares Hung Fat. And he's like, All right, all right, fine. I'll give you your money. Meanwhile, Durant is posting bail, and he rushes to the meeting site in Chinatown. When he goes to enter the building through the revolving door, Peyton is leaving, 
Yeah, this had to happen. And you get this moment of two Larry Drakes looking at each other like, <laughs> It's wonderful. It's so good. Larry Drake leans in hard. Oh, yeah. But I also like how you have proper Larry Drake, who is like the, the real Durant. Right. And you also have the Liam Neeson's Durant, which is like clearly wearing a mask. Right. But it's also Larry Drake. But it's also Larry Drake just makeup like, to look like he's wearing a mask. It's brilliant. It's so well done. So the two of them fight while they're yelling at one of Durant's goons to shoot the other. Of course. Classic. We've all been there. We've all seen cartoons. Classic cartoon. I'm the real one. No, I'm the real one. Shoot him. No, shoot him. In the miracle, they could have solved this real fast. <laughs> Throwing like a tennis ball at one of them. One of them's going to catch it. One of them's not. Yeah. Uh, unless the imposter also can't see. Or the original. I've already, I've already messed the movie up. Oh, man. Really need to workshop this. Yeah. A little deeper. Yeah. One of them's going to take it in the face. And one of them's probably going to flinch. Okay. Yeah. Why are they fighting, though? She smells like me. Yeah, that's, that's as far as it goes. This is an imposter. You smell just like me. She's wearing Dior too. This is all I have to go off of. The miracle just starts fighting everyone wearing the same perfume. They must be impersonating me. <laughs> this will not stand. Peyton's mask begins to fail, so he bolts from the scene and escapes while Durant and his goons shoot at him. Wildly. They wildly shoot. Oh, yeah. In the middle of a street. But I like how they get away. They get away by still standing in the middle of the street and just tucking the gun into their jacket. <laughs> right, right. And standing there with their arms in their jackets like, Casually. Nothing to see here. Tucking away a gun in their waistband, <laughs> just standing there holding it. No, that's cool. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. It was that other guy that looks just like me that did that. Oh, actually, that's a good defense. It is a very good defense. <laughs> Julie meets with Strack again, revealing that Peyton is alive and that they can't date anymore because that was a thing, I guess, kind of. I guess they were dating. Then she comes across the coffee-stained memo and realizes that Strack is behind the whole damn thing. Yeah. She fears that he's going to kill her, but he's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Don't be silly. Get out of here. So she leaves. Yeah. Well, she said, what she says is, uh, if you're not going to kill me, can I go? I have things to I do. I have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a line. If you're not going to kill me, can I go? Can you imagine, like, you, they have, like, a quick montage of her after, like, from her POV, and it's just her doing, like, laundry. laundry. And at, like, Stop and Shop or something like that. <laughs> Looking at, like, Greek yogurt, trying to figure out what the best deal uh, is that week. Oikos or... <laughs> I had things to do. I told them. <laughs> if I'm going to be alive tomorrow, I really need to get more toilet paper. Good luck. When Julie leaves, Strack calls Durant and orders him to find and kill Peyton. I like how this whole time, Durant is a henchman. Yeah, I do too. That is a wonderful, I'm not. it's not even like a full twist. No. It's just like a revelation. It's almost, yeah, it's a revelation and a raising of the stakes because I there's somebody that. out there that's worse. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. This guy collects fingers. He sure does. It turns out that Strack let Julie go because she's going to lead him right to Peyton. Smart. It's a good move. And she does. Durant's gang kidnaps her and chases Peyton through the factory. And he kills several of them with fun disguised-based antics. It's amazing. It's Putting so on just good. all sorts of masks and stuff. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's so it's such a, a fun idea of you have this guy who can turn himself sort of into anyone he wants because he's just a skin doctor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's got one guy that gets shot by his friend because he's gagged and wearing a Liam Neeson mask. Right. But underneath that Liam Neeson mask. It's it's just uh Well no, he's wearing two levels of mask, isn't he? Right, because he's wearing the mask of the shooter. Right. And then under that, it's it's the Liam Neeson mask. mask. And, and then, then under that, it's that, actually that's, Rudy. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, man. That's, that is dark, man. 
Peyton turns his attention to Durant, who was riding in a helicopter, naturally. If you're wondering where the entire budget for this movie went. Here. It's right here. It's right here. Right here. Peyton grabs onto a hook at the end of a long cable, and he gets flown around the city while Durant fires a grenade launcher at him. Right. So there was definitely a stuntman out there who got cast, and he said, what do I need to do? And they said, you're going to be hooked up to a helicopter for days. Yeah, we just need you to hang from a helicopter (laughs) forever. Maybe deal with a few explosions. Around you. You'll be fine. (laughs) They're flying over a highway, and Durant has Peyton lowered into traffic. I'm curious about this police chopper. What yeah. were, what was their plan? I'm unsure. How do you they pull over like, a helicopter? <laughs> hey, you! Turn the rotors off! What are you going to do? What are you going to do if I don't? <laughs> How does that even work? You're right. And then they blow it up. Yeah, they sure do. And that's going to raise your star level every time. Every single time. Don't do it. <laughs> Can't be blowing up police choppers. It's one of the worst you can get, because you're already at three at that point. Right. That should be a jump right to five. It should be. You're in trouble. Peyton lands on top of a trailer, and since he's riding on a hook, which is really (laughs) oversight by the bad guys, he hooks it onto the trailer, and then he pulls the chopper into a bridge when the truck goes under it, and it blows it up. Seemed easy enough. Bam. Kaboom. That's it. There's only like seven or eight giant explosions in the whole chase. Only. Giant. Giant. Huge. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and you're like- This has got to be like Spider-Man spend- DNA here, right? Where they're going through the city with a guy on a rope. On a rope, dangling. For sure. I, yeah. I feel that, okay. yeah. Peyton, once again, imitates Durant, because we're in the next scene, and there's the guy who just died in the last scene. So you're like, all right, this is definitely him. He's playing games. I actually bought it. Oh, you did? I Yeah, because uh, he, he's all cut up and stuff, Yeah, and he's got the limp. Yeah. And oh, I even wrote, like, how the hell did he survive? I was, like, unsure. I was like, mm, I don't know. I think- I was like, I think this is Liam Neeson playing a game. Okay. But I wasn't 100% sold. That's good enough. Yeah. And he meets up with Strack at one of the construction sites for his skyscraper, whatever he's building. That he's It's a superhero movie. There's land involved. There's always We've all, we've always all seen a Superman movie. All the bad guys just want real estate. That's it. Julie's been brought along as a hostage, and Strack tricks Peyton into revealing his identity in a very smart way, talking about Durant's kids. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. Uh, they look up to me. They look up to me. He's like, oh, you he doesn't have, have kids. So then he snatches the, the Durant mask off of Liam Neeson, and you get full-on Freddy Krueger-looking dark man. Yep. Just awful. He doesn't look great. It's so cool, though. It's very cool-looking. <laughs> Peyton fights with Strax thugs, one of whom drops Julie onto a bundle of rebar, and she dangles there precariously, and- Keeps wiggling, which just keeps sending her. Shouldn't wiggle whenever farther you're down. stuck on that. Don't wiggle. It's, it's dumb. It's a dumb move. Stay still. You'll probably be fine. But she keeps moving back and forth and inching closer to right. her own death. Treat it like quicksand. When in doubt, treat it like quicksand. Right. He defeats all of Strack's men and uses a cable and hook to swing in and save Julie. And that's the scene that made me go, okay, yeah, Spider Man. <laughs> that's pretty fair, actually. Like, this, this is what the Spider Man people saw. This is where Sony was like, yeah, okay, this guy. Javier went. That was awesome. Yeah. Swinging around the construction site on the the high steel. And he said, I'm going to save this till Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) When Strack corners Peyton, he uses a bolt gun to pin his hand to a grind, to a girder. What? A grinder? A grinder. Maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. It's possible. (laughs) As he moves in to kill him, Peyton rips his hand from the bolt and throws Strack off the building to his death. Well, first he catches him and dangles him. He's like, I know you. You won't drop me. And then he drops him. He drops him. You don't know him at all. <laughs> you have no idea who this guy Never is. Never ever tell someone that you know that. Especially like, the I'm in your head. first time you meet them. It's not good. 
In the elevator on the way down, uh, the sun rises, apparently. And also, Peyton tells Julie that he has a particular amount of shame at being disfigured. Not in his face, but in his soul. (laughs) And now he can never be with her. That's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> Thanks. I I put a lot of care into that line. <laughs> <laughs> the fire burned me deep. It burned me into my soul. Not my face, but my soul. Is that really what you want to say right now, Liam Neeson? I'm disfigured in my heart. My heart's disfigured. Oh, man. That's when he dons good his... Charlotte Oh yeah, taking back Sunday were all born. My chemical romance. That day. I can't believe and it And my either. current haircut. Brian's haircut's <laughs> real bad. Brian's usually got like a nice... Uh, like a nice, like wavy thing going up top. It looks nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice and trimmed on the side. And I've been pretty lazy the last couple right of days. Right now, just... if he walked into a high school, would be like, "Oh, hey, English class is at nine o'clock." Don't, Not even. Don't be late. The teachers would be like, "What year is it? Are we in two thousand four? Right. <laughs> it was weird when you skateboarded in. That was the weirdest part. I mean, when you came to the fortress today. Yeah, I couldn't believe it with your Walkman. We're in a basement. Anyway, we're talking about to... Darkman. Yeah, I brought my Walkman. My Walkman for Darkman. To the sweet grind down your steps to the basement. I wanted to talk to you about that. Oh, uh, okay. A lot of points. Should have <laughs> multiplied it I with like an ollie or something ah, at the end or whatever. Failed miserably. It's, it's a sharp turn. <laughs> yeah. The Christ air at the end was a good choice. I didn't want to wreck <laughs> and lose all the points. So Peyton dons his final disguise and blends into a crowd. A VO saying he'll continue to fight crime as Dark Man. Julie looks for Peyton in the crowd, but he, she can't find him. She finds something better. The chin. Bruce Campbell momentarily. Uh, uh, Bruce fucking Campbell. Bruce fucking Campbell momentarily looks back and then walks off. Beautiful. What a moment. What a way to send you off. What a perfect way to end a movie. Brilliant. I could be anyone. I'm Bruce fucking Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) It's also kind of a fuck you to the studio because Raimi wanted to cast Campbell the whole time. And they were like, no, we don't don't want you to use Campbell. And then he's like, the end of the movie, it's going to be Campbell. It's going to be Campbell. I don't know what to tell you. It's going to be Campbell. That is Darkman from 1990. Yeah, I like this. A yeah, lot. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. It's a lot of fun. I like it a whole lot. This movie is like a weird mix of fun with horror with maybe a little bit too much exposition on top of it. There's a lot of exposition. They do a lot of stuff really nice. Like when they introduce his powers, if you will. Right. His science stuff. They do a really good job of introducing that. But then there's like a lot of stuff that it's just like. This scene, we're going to explain to you what's happening. Right. When he went totally like the Frankenstein. The hospital was the first part, was just a bomb yeah. of exposition. But then after that, when he escapes the hospital, this movie hits the brakes. Oh, the Slams middle Slams it on. slow. Yeah. The second act of this thing is not very good. Yeah. It like loses the fun. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a weird Sam Raimi trope, if you will, of it's really hard for him, I think, to focus. And yeah, to I make a coherent that. film of all the same style. Because you can tell whenever he's making a film that- He'll keep something very, I guess, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like the way you'd expect it to be cinematically. Sure. And then he'll Raimi all over the place. Oh, my God. And when he Raimi's, it is a lot of fun. That's so Raimi. I feel like this movie forgets that sometimes, though, where I think he leaned a little bit too deep into the, I'm just going to tell the story and then I'm going to randomly Raimi. Well, that's actually a thing that he said, that he wanted to consciously tone down his own style because of a desire to get into the characters' heads and follow them as real humans in extraordinary circumstances. That's his quote. I could buy that, I guess. I guess. But it, it's also... But then when he dumps the like Raimi on it, he dumps it on it. Oh, big time. Like, the parts that are Raimi are insanely Raimi. I'm curious, because what does he like to focus on in his films? Is he more interested in the visual or the character? I'm inclined to say character. Okay. I think he's just having fun with visuals. Okay. 
Uh, and it shows, especially any scene in this movie with a green screen. It's just so poorly done. It's not good, but also 1990. Also 1990. Let me ask you this, though, because it's a question I always ask when I think about Sam Raimi. Do you think he's a good storyteller? Hmm. I don't know. I think I think so. Do you think he's a good director? I don't know. Do you think he's a good filmmaker? Yes, for okay. sure. So that's kind of where I am. Because I, when I think of Raimi, I don't think of... Dark Man. I don't think of Evil Dead as much anymore. It's obviously Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That's where we are with Raimi. For sure. This is the last Raimi that we're going to talk about for a little while. Until Un- Doctor Strange. Until 2022 when that comes out. Spider-Man is kind of goofy. Yeah. And everyone admits that. It everyone fits leans his into that, tone for and sure. it works so well because it does have such a light tone to it. Yeah. When he goes into Doctor Strange in two years, what do you think we're going to get? I don't know. And this is the first time I've actually been nervous about it. That's pretty fair. I mean, they openly said even before, who who was the director who was attached? Scott Derrickson? Yes, Scott Derrickson. When he was attached, they said, this is going to be a horror movie. Yeah. And then when he quit due to differences, as you do sometimes, yeah, fine, when they brought on Raimi, a lot of people went like, this is awesome. He did Spider-Man. This is great. Yeah. It's like they forget about the other stuff. Right. How he's a horror director. The best scene he ever did in any of the Spider-Man movies was Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock in the hospital room. Oh my god, that and scene it is, is phenomenal. Awesome. With the doctors scraping their nails across the linoleum floor. Oh god, just, it's so oh, good. It's amazing. Amazing. It makes me curious, what's he going to bring to the future? That's a good question. See, I I think Sam Raimi knows, he has a vision and he knows what he wants and it's just taken him his entire career to get to a point where the budgets allow for his vision to come to fruition. It's got an expensive vision. So I'm not super worried about Doctor Strange, but he does kind of bring a certain level of camp with him when he does a movie. And I don't know if it's going to be appropriate for that title, but I guess we'll find out. I think that when you have someone like Benedict Cumberbatch attached, Oscar winner Benedict Cumberbatch, I feel like you can let the camp go just a tiny bit. And I think he's a good enough actor that he's going to know where that line is. And I think he's going to dictate the terms of the director in that one. Yeah, that makes sense. He knows that character so well. Oh, absolutely. So I I think... Yeah. Okay. I think visually that movie's going to be incredible. You've calmed me down again. But <laughs> I'm so curious about it. I, I can't wait to see what they do with it. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. Speaking of bonkers, Rotten Tomatoes, 1 of 100. Dark Man. Where do you think it's going to fall? Oh, I don't know. Like a 75? Like an 84. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Critics like this. I Quite thought I was being generous. <laughs> yeah, this was his first like major <laughs> studio film, and this film went through the ringer. Yeah. When they did the test screenings for it, it actually was one of the worst rated films Universal ever put out. Amazing. And then when they did two more test screenings with that music. The music. What? Oh, man. Oh. The music was real familiar, but... Oh, that's right. It's Danny fucking Elfman. Daniel F. Elfman. He showed up. He helped this movie along. Oh, my God. Did he ever. Crushed it. Again. Again. You could tell this is a year after Batman. You could tell. You could definitely. (laughs) You could tell. Oh, okay. This guy knows what works. There's a lot of Edward Scissorhands in this thing, too. Oh, for sure. Big time. For sure. once they started debuting this film in the test screenings with the music and all that stuff, aces. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes you need the music in there. Sometimes you need the whole film. Right. In order to maybe trust your director a little bit. Right. People, well, the thing is, they still pulled a bunch of scenes from it. Yeah. Because of those early test screenings. And they were like, "Mm, we're not sure. We're going to pull a lot of the extreme stuff. And then uh, I guess what I'm trying to get to is release the Raimi cut. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Please stop it. (laughs) Audience score for this is 58%, though. Okay. On Amazon.com, speaking of disfigured people. Uh. (laughs) 
in the, in the it, soul. It only has 285 customer ratings. That's it? Yeah. 4.3 out of 5. There's nothing. almost no Amazon one stars for this thing. I have a few. The first one I have is from May 25th, 2013. It says, I've never seen Liam Neeson or Francis McDormand act so clownish. This film was top notch. Bad in direction, script, production, etc. That was a roller coaster ride of a review. Yeah. Uh, they're clownish. Top notch. Top notch. Bad everything. Bad. <laughs> oh. It's the type of person who would like Darkman, is... I suppose. From November 11th, 2014. <laughs> Whoa, the Darkman. Love you, Danny Elfman. But this movie stunk. Okay. Fine. From September 6th, 2004. Title, The Pits. Review. I walked out of the theater after about a half hour of this violent mess. I literally could not stomach such grossness. How anyone can stomach viewing the savage attack featured in this film is beyond me. You want a good movie that's also one word title ending with man? Go see the first Superman. Now that's a good movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. It's, uh, it's just too gory. I can't watch it. I didn't Not think even it was that. that bad, it's but... such a specific thing that they want people to go see. If you're looking for a one word ending in man film, tell you right now. I got one for you. <laughs> Blank man. No. <laughs> Gross, right? That's so funny. Not even Batman that came out the year before it. Superman. Not even Superman from 1978. That's right. From June 16th, 2010, this movie is not for everyone, although it has its artistic imagery through its director, Sam Raimi. For sure. As a movie, the plot seems childish and not realistic. <laughs> the acting is way over the top and there's no emotional pull with any character whatsoever. If you really want to see this movie, I would highly recommend renting it first. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's generally how you take in <laughs> movies. You don't buy them outright before you've seen them. Yeah. Also, this movie, it could happen. Yeah, for sure. Seems realistic enough. Definitely. You get a photo scanner that makes digital skin. Right. You get a really it, good dermatologist. You wear just fighting acne. You wear it for an hour and a half, and then, then it melts. Then it melts off you. Yeah. That's it, it totally checks out. From June 28th, 2010, one of the worst films. The acting is a joke. The makeup is plastic. Little narrative sense, even given initial assumptions. There are decent comic book films, i.e. Watchman, Batman, Spider-Man, but Darkman is among the worst of the genre. Watchman. Watchman. That's that's Liam Neeson. He has the stopwatch, right? Liam Neeson's. He's got the stopwatch. Watchman. Watchman. That should have been his name. <laughs> Watchman. <laughs> Not Darkman. He's in the light the whole movie. That's why his face keeps melting. That's it. I know none of those are very good. Yeah, but that's what we have. Not is a... it, though? Oh, is there more? So I was disappointed because Roger Ebert did not review this movie. Oh. And Roger Ebert did choose this movie. So I wanted to go into Roger Ebert's brain a little bit, and I wanted to figure out, we got to talk about something else here. Yeah. And I was like, man, what movies did Roger Ebert love that happened to star Liam Neeson's that maybe are part of the Holocaust? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You thought we shouldn't have been talking about Citizen Kane a couple weeks ago. What are you doing? These are the Amazon one-star reviews for Schindler's List. I'm worried. Me and you are going to have to go to church after all this. <laughs> I'm terrified right now, Dave. I'm Rotten Tomatoes. Schindler's List has a 97% yeah, of course it critical does. score and a 97% audience score because people are terrified to say this movie's not very good. Yeah. This movie's extraordinary. It is. I want that out there as my honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried quiet. about where this is going to go. Brian's quiet. I'm very worried about where this is Have going. Have you seen Schindler's List? I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, it's got a 4.8 out of 5 on Amazon.com. No. Oh. 87% are 5 star. Only 2% are 1 star. Uh, from August 9th, 2016, the feel-good movie of all times, Just Snort Some Cyanide Instead. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Snort some cyanide instead. Schindler's List. Yep, the winner. Best picture. That should be the byline, yep. the tagline. Snort on some the, cyanide instead. On the poster. Yeesh. <laughs> From March 18th, 2004. I simply cannot fathom why Spielberg would allow his masterpiece to be given such a shallow exhibition. E.T. was enshrined compared to this. The best thing I can say for it is it's physically smaller than my version on Laserdisc. <laughs> physically smaller? They left a one-star review, but they own two different copies of it on two different media. What? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of monster? I'll tell you what, though. This DVD is smaller than my Laserdisc, so. I only knew one person who ever had a Laserdisc player. I don't know that I've ever known anybody. And the only movie they had was Kindergarten Cop. Appropriate. Was it the ginger skull? No, no it was not. Okay. <laughs> that would be very on brand, though, I feel like, for some reason. <laughs> oh, hey, what do you have there? I got that. I got the kindergarten cop. All right, cool. A ginger skull impression. So nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Now we're going to get an email, Dave. It's going to take us a week to Damn read it. From July 5th, 2001. It makes me very sad that people so love Steven Spielberg movies. Spielberg only makes movies about the most simplistic emotions in the most simple ways. Most of the time, it boils down to a child's feeling of fear running away from a monster. Is there really any difference for Spielberg between running from a killer shark or a killer dinosaur or a killer Nazi? Oh, my God. (laughs) Amazon.com one-star reviewers are living up to the monster title right now. Wow. I mean, what's the difference between a a giant shark and a a dinosaur or a Nazi? Uh, Uh, Lots. Lots and lots of issues Look, there. Spielberg, not that great a director. He's just doing real simple things like the Holocaust. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> He's tackling real simple ideas. Oh, my God. These people are monsters. They're monsters, man. Live it up to the name. <clears throat> the last one I have for Schindler's List from December 5th, 1999. After making a fortune on silly but entertaining blockbusters like Jaws and the Indiana Jones movies, Spielberg decided to take himself seriously as a Jewish filmmaker and do a Holocaust movie. The predictable reflex to say the movie is great because it is about the Holocaust. But I find the business of recreating the Holocaust for Hollywood a disturbing and potentially dangerous endeavor. A reenactment can remove the audience from the reality of the event, so authenticity is critical. This movie, which was purported by many to be realistic, was filled with flaws. Oh, no. It was in black and white, which is a big problem for me. There seems to be an ongoing debate about this issue with some of the other reviewers, but my feeling is the Holocaust happened in color, so the movie should have been in color to bring it much closer to home. (laughs) I sense the black and white was an unnecessary and unsuccessful attempt at an artistic touch. The movie also should have been done in German. With English subtitles. Oh, no. Imagine a German watching Schindler's List in Germany reading subtitles to understand the English dialogue? Come on. <laughs> Got to think about the Germans, guys. <laughs> Unreal. I still can't believe, like, the transition to color in life. Like, our grandparents. Yeah. Like, Pleasantville. That's how it was. Well, what was It's life- a documentary of, of the world coming into color. What was life like before? People were that poor little girl in Schindler's List was the only thing in color. I don't know what made the the transition in Pleasantville work. I don't remember that movie all that well, but that girl has got to be a catalyst, right? Mostly diddling. That little girl got. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh no. no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) 
she, she had her hard enough. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? I didn't mean she got diddled. I meant in Pleasantville. But we're making the correlation between Schindler's List uh, and Pleasantville in terms of the color You're the one that made the... Tra- <laughs> yeah, then you said a girl got diddled. And no. And that's why she's color now. I said everybody in Pleasantville got diddled. By themselves, mostly. So you're saying this this little... <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. Brian, leave an Amazon one-star review. Because this is where you belong now. Oh, no. Brian, that's... let's give this thing a super stop score. All right, please. fine. <laughs> but first, this is an actual IMDb trivia fact. All right. Much like the Amazon one-star reviews, there were not a lot of these. So had to really go digging. Dig up that ear. Durant's finger fetish derived from Sam Raby wanting the character to have a specific trademark, one that hinted at a military background. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> uh, 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 we all saw Zero Dark Thirty, where they're just finger collecting you know, the whole every, time. Everybody I know has been in the military uh, chopping off fingers with cigar cutters. That's a, right. that's a normal thing. Right. If you have a fat friend, then you can use that as the slammer, like Pog style with fingers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like pickup sticks, but with That's fingers. That's it. It's a uh, tale as old as time, the, the military and finger chopping. That's it. Uh, and using it for child games. That has been... Jax was the guy that was Jack. No fingers anymore. Right. He just picked him up. So he had, to get, he had to get metal arms. He <laughs> bounced the ball and picked up his fingers. That's an actual IMDb trivia fact. It's half of it, but the rest of it doesn't care. I don't care about the other half of it. That's very fair. So, super stuff score. For Darkman. For Darkman, 1990. Sam Raimi. Liam Neeson. Story and motivation. You got a skin scientist man who doesn't know that his girlfriend has some incriminating document or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes for revenge. He, he for goes reasons. out for um, vengeance. Vengeance because he got murked unnecessarily. Yeah. Pretty uh, simple. I'll go point two five on yeah. it. It's, it's very simple. It's not very great. Yeah. It's kind of a mess, this whole movie. The story itself, though. It's okay. Uh, without the lull in the middle. It's still point two five, I think. Yeah. I, I think, think that's right. kind of where I have to land. Hero. Liam Neeson's. Should have got an Oscar. He changes faces. It changes faces. <laughs> where do you think this one falls? <sighs> he saves the day. Does he? He saves himself. He sort of saves. He him. saves yeah. his, his girlfriend, but then he tells her that he wants to break up. Because he's too ugly. Because uh, my soul's ugly. I got it. Yeah. And his soul. Uh, I don't know. He's probably not great, huh? He kills a lot of people. My whole issue is at the end of this movie says, I am Darkman. Right. And there's a science spectrum at the beginning of this movie of him saying, oh, it lasts longer in in the dark. Yada, yada. Yeah. And then he does everything in light from he then on out. He does everything in light. So I think it's actually a pretty so bad hero. So there's stakes. Nope. He's doing it for the sake of the audience. <laughs> I guess so. He's a thoughtful hero. He's, he's doing it for the sake of Timex for their stopwatch, really. For that product yeah. place. Enough. Yeah. I, I don't care for it all that much. I don't care for him all that much. I'm going to go 0.25. He does save the day. I agree. 0.25. Villains. I really like Larry Drake in this thing. Larry Drake is- But he's also Henchy. But... So good. But he he's Henchy, but he's not. He becomes right. Henchy. He's really muscle for hire. Yeah. Strack is okay. Strack is fine. He was raised in the high steel. And... I'm going to go 0.5 just for Larry Drake. I, I like For that. Durant. I think that's a good answer. He's awesome. I love him. Parents. Nope. That's a, that's a big fat zero. Zero. We don't know a damn thing about his parents. Female characters. So Frances McDormand and Sam Raimi butted heads. Yeah, they did. A lot. Yeah. She's a big feminist, and she wanted to have a, her character be very strong. Right. So 
she said that she was very happy that her character had a job in this thing and that it was represented. And she also wanted her character to be strong. And she is strong. She is. But then years later, Frances McDormand said, I should have leaned more into the damsel distress for the sake of the movie. And that's a problem. That, yeah. Oh. Because I don't think she should have. I I agree. I don't. I so think... for what we see here, she didn't lean into it. Right. Uh, I like her. I'm going to go, is either 0.5 or 0.75 here. She doesn't really do a lot. She doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, other than she has no qualms of going to distract and being like, hey, there's some shady shit going on. Is this you? Which I like. I'm going to go 0.5 just because she says, if you're not going to kill me, can I go? I <laughs> yeah. have things to do. I I like that. Beautiful line. 0.5, I think, is the appropriate place. And she's the only female in the movie. Yep. Which is kind of a problem. Although the lead doctor is also a female, which is a nice touch. It is. Setting. Where are we? No clue. All right, zero. Bam. Style and tone. It's Raimi. It's so Raimi, but he tries but to dial it back. the studio got their, hold, and like, their hands on this thing. The I think. studio pulled a lot of the more wild yeah. stuff, quote unquote. I kind of want to go like 0.25 because this thing is all over the place. It is. It, I don't know how much of it is him pulling back and how much of it is the studio. It's too difficult to tell. So it's, yeah, it's tough. But the parts that are Raimi are so Raimi. They are. And so good. I kind of want to give it 0.5. Done. Sold. For the pink elephant scene alone. For, for the pink elephant. Music. So Daniel F. Elfman automatically gets a one. Yes. As we know. That's true. Do you think he stays at a one or do you think he goes higher this time? It feels derivative of his previous works that's fair so i think i think we just give him the standard one solid i like it one-liners there's not a lot there's not but there are th- it's also the first time we've seen it you're not wrong but it's the stickiness that has to the be sticking oh well, i mean we do have I if like, you're not gonna kill me it's a great line the pink elephant pink elephant is amazing <laughs> the pink elephant's so good that's it i think that's it yeah i'll go 0.25 yeah and that's generous i think 0.25 and impact on the genre this is a tricky one. This is tricky. This is Sam Raimi's first superhero film. Yes. He's is... done four. So far, yeah. Three of them are Spideys. Uh, this is also Liam Neeson's first action movie. It's huge. Yeah. That's big. That is big. I'm thinking one. Just because of the people involved, not so much right, for- Right, right. And- The let's, industry. Let's not forget, will. this thing, when it came out, was compared to Batman that came out the year prior. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. I mean- That's amazing. It didn't make nearly as much. This is an original story. Yeah. Original character, original every Phenomenal. Thing. Let's go one. Well, I want to give this thing some credit. I think one is where that belongs, which is going to give Darkman a total score of 4.25. I'm fine with it. Yeah. That feels great. Yeah. That, <laughs> it seems like right where it belongs. Nailed it. This is a 4.25 movie all the way. Thank you, Roger. Yes. Thank you, Roger. Speaking of Roger. Still his birthday month. We got one more pick for him. We have one final pick in his birth month. So Roger Ebert, why don't you tell us what we're watching next week? Roger Ebert is moving the planchet around the the Ouija board, trying to spell out the name for Brian, so Brian can get the title of our next film. Next week, we will be talking about A History of Violence. Oh! Yeah. With the Vigo. Yeah. Roger sent it out on a uh, non-super movie, but still a comic book movie. That's an interesting choice. Isn't it? Wow. Directed by David Cronenberg. I know. It's like Roger said, good work getting through this month. That's what it feels like. Even Here though you go. He kind of gave us a couple that were that were pretty good. I was going to say, Special's the only one where we thought was not even a bad movie. No. It In just fact, wasn't very good. The best of, of the low-budget guy right. who thinks he's super Absolutely. genre. That's available on Tubi and YouTube and everywhere. Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please don't think you shouldn't sponsor us because we laughed at your software or whatever it is yeah that your app 
You can still sponsor us. We'll be like, yo, you can watch it on Tubi. It's great. We love Tubi. Yeah, put more stuff on Tubi. For we'll, sure. We'll talk about it more. Tubi. Pay us, Tubi. A history of violence. History of violence. Next week. Can't wait. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on your various podcasting platforms wherever you listen to us. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send your questions and comments and stories and whatnot to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Links for all that are on our website, katepodcasters.com. It's an awesome website. Oh, thanks. It looks so good. <laughs> Check it out. I just had to change the Wonder Woman release date because they pushed it back to October. So. I know. She's kind of getting her wish, Patty Jenkins, because she That's wanted true. to move this thing up to last October because she thought it was going to be Oscar worthy. And now it's like happy accident right there. You there. Go. there I'm you go. There you go. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Also, join us on Patreon for our exclusive not-so-super movies, and we have the pull list where we talk about comic books and Batman animation. We talk about Batman the Animated Series. I don't know when it's coming out. It's soon. 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 Our episode on Who Framed Roger Rabbit is going to be out. Yes, that is our June movie. It absolutely is. So check out our Patreon. And thank you to all of our current subscribers. We appreciate you so much. So I guess we're going to see you next week for A History of Violence. Same pod time. Same pod miracle. So, Dave, that is Darkman. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is this is an independent sort of franchise, sure. if you will. Darkman is an original story. It's an original everything. Yada, yada. But I think after the credits, the studio sells the rights to Darkman off oh. to Marvel. Oh. And Marvel says, All right, we had a failed project a few years ago. I know how we can revitalize this thing. So, they have a duck. <laughs> named Howard. <laughs> they do. And Howard, they bring him back and he starts doing all these experiments and all this stuff. And then he gets attacked by, I don't know, it doesn't matter, just another on duck planet and gets dunked into a vat of acid and he gets all burned up alive and all this stuff. <laughs> and then he gets rebuilt. And when he gets rebuilt, the doctors go, I know what we could call him. This is Dark Man Duck. Oh my God, it's so good. Dark Man Duck! Duck. <laughs> Darkman Duck. Do you know how much Darkwing Duck I used to watch as a kid? Tons. Tons so, and tons. So much Darkwing it's the Duck. the best. Brian, what do you think happens post-credits? I think we get a preview for the next installment in the Darkman series. All right. But it's not what you expect. Okay. <laughs> Years later, after Peyton Westlake has exacted his revenge on Robert Durant and his goons, he finally perfects his skin-making machine, and he sets out on a mission to go replace all of the lost joints and limbs of Robert's previous victims. Bruce Campbell is the fingerer. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>